We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for Wednesday, October 21st. Jeff Erickson here. My co-host guest today is a Rotowire alum, our good friend Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm. Uh, you listen to Howard on SiriusXM Fantasy all the time, and you used to be able to read and listen to him here on Rotowire. Howard, how you doing, my man? I'm doing real well. Jeff, I gotta be honest with you, I am totally sweating my chances to win this week here in week seven. Can I give you my entire roster and then my opponent's entire roster, and then you tell me what my chances to win are? Only if you ask me lineup questions to go along with that there, too, and a life story. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you uh, not not up with the reference, uh, we do a silly little segment called Chances to Win on Monday. It's part of Raw Emotion Monday, and you know it's just a chance to get interaction. It just started off as just as a lark, and it's grown where people call in. They say what they're who they're who they have left, who their opponent has left. What the difference in the scores? Don't tell us the score. Don't make Chris List do math. Just tell us the difference. Um, and then, and if there's PPR or standard or anything like that, and we'll give you a precisely calculated calculated chance to win. And of course, it's it's just on the fly and it's fun. It's goofy, and we get that tons of calls, yeah, of tweets every week. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it's a silly little fun segment. It, it's we're not splitting the atom here. The best part is people telling us, hey, this isn't really a precise percentage. What are you doing that's any different than Yahoo? Nothing different. It's a silly segment. We're having fun with it. Just roll with it. But, you know, we get too many. We cannot possibly. We could do a two-hour chances to win. We really could fill it up. It's without a doubt. But we always conclude the segment with, okay, if you don't get your question answered here, fret not. We'll send you to X. And Howard's got a reputation for answering all of his Twitter questions from uh, people asking fantasy questions. And so we're like, well, let's send them to Howard this time. And that was funny. We, I've sent it to, you know, we've sent it to uh, POTUS. We've sent it this week. We sent it to the Billy Joel channel and told him to sing the question. You know, of course, we had to haze in Evans when he joined in right after us. Hey, fade the noise. We'll answer your questions. And it's just all good fun. Yeah, you sold me out, Jeff. You guys sold me out. And I mean, literally, I'm still getting them right yeah. now. Like, you know, it's like, what are my chances? Because you and, actually uh, answered all of them. Everyone else just blows it off. But see, but. you know, the funny thing is, is that nobody understands what I'm saying with it. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm down six points and I've got Julio Jones and he's got Kenny Galladay. You know, what are my chances to win? And I'm like, well, if. Julio Jones outscores Kenny Galladay by six points. Your chances are pretty good, right? I'm like just basically giving them the exact response 
you know, that they just asked me. I, I'm not even giving them an answer. And and they still keep coming. So I payback for you and Liz coming Wait, at some I, I did the pie thing last year. And I got <laughs> double pied, by the way. Uh, so I, I feel like I was just paying back what's paying forward. I don't know, something like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, have you guys – I don't think you've done the pie bet this year. I don't, I don't recall seeing it on Twitter at least. No. You know, you got to – you always got to look for what the next gag is. Okay. And, you know, it's just, you know, one of those, one of those situations where – uh, you know, this year with with everything being so crazy and COVID and and you know all sports back at once, it was really tough to, to kind of get those creative juices flowing for football because we were already trying to recover NBA and MLB, and so it just kind of fell to the wayside a little bit. We keep throwing out a, a couple of random bets. Um, the new one right now, which I actually just lost to Jen Piacenti. Uh, and her podcast co-host Jerry Ferrara um, is a bobblehead bet, and uh, and they beat me in a DFS contest last week. So now they get to pick the body, but I it has to be my head on the bobblehead that they get to have as like a, a mantle, like a trophy mantle piece. Mm, okay. Interesting. That could go a lot of different ways. It's a little pricier, but yeah, you when you when you start seeing a bobblehead of me with Wonder Woman's body. You know that's what's going and you'll on. You'll never be able to unsee it. That's just... <laughs> now you can just you know it took two of them for to beat one of you. So uh, you just that that's small consolation. You still got beat, I suppose. But uh, I don't know. But oh, good. I'm glad we got lots of news to cover here. So let's let's whip through some of this. Big one for me was Michael Thomas Howard. You know, coming off the bye, hasn't played since week one. Supposedly was gonna play before the bye, but you know, got punched a teammate out earning Chris Liss's forever respect, but he wasn't participating in the open part of practice today for the Saints. You know, you know high ankle sprains can be a pain. There there can be relapses. Are we worried about this? Mm, you know, on a Wednesday, no. You know, it doesn't really bother me that much. You know, you get a guy like Michael Thomas, and, you know, we saw this with Megatron for years. You know, it was like if, if Megatron, or even now Julio Jones, as long as they show up for a full practice on like a, a Thursday or a Friday, then you feel pretty comfortable with it. You know, Wednesday tends to be that day that a lot of veterans take off from practice. So, no, I'm not really that concerned about it with uh, with Thomas. I mean, I'd be more concerned with just the, the state of the Saints, really, than whether or not Thomas is going to be able to uh, deliver for you. Yeah, they, you know, they haven't been the juggernaut that they were expected to be. Uh, and you know, got beat pretty bad by the Packers. I thought, you know, you know, didn't, actually didn't get beat, get beat bad, but they didn't stop the Packers. The defense wasn't what we expected, and that was the thing that kind of caught my eye. Uh, and they just have, even like the Chargers game, they had to come back from a big deficit, aided by Anthony Lynn's decision making at the end. And uh, you know, it, it, they got there, but it, it, it could be a lot better. Yeah, their pass rush seems to be a little bit on the weaker side. Uh, I don't think Marshawn Lattimore is fully healthy. And then if you look at you know their their corners on the other side, I mean Patrick Robinson, he has his moments, but I mean I'd say he's probably average at best. And you know PJ Williams, that that's a guy who I like to target against in DFS every week. I mean that dude is just god awful. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's definitely it's not the Saints defense that we saw last year or the year before and. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, it's burning a lot of people. It is. Uh, so, yeah, we'll stay tuned for more on Thomas. I had him, I anticipated him coming back full bore this week. I had him at number three in my rankings among wide receivers. Uh, you guys can check that out, as always. Uh, you know, we all we all have our rankings articles, but mine's the value meter. You can check that out. On I love the value meter. <sighs> I love it and hate it all at the same time. It's my, I'm sure. It's my 17-week <laughs> ball and chain, but I, I do love it. I love that I've been doing it for a long time. And sometimes there's some good back and forth. There's Sometimes people will ask question that's answered right there in the rankings but without arguing about it you know if you want to argue about it fine you know especially if you got a reason behind it and all that that's great uh don't tell me like howard's got him ranked seven you've got him three why the difference i i I don't know well i'll tell people this flat out you can ask me about my rankings all you want but if i'm stuck on a play i'm i'm gonna go check out the value meter i'm gonna see where jeff's got him ranked and uh and that's a that's a trusted source for me well thank you appreciate you uh 
Yeah, so another guy, Julio Jones. You mentioned him earlier. He had coming off a huge game against the uh, Vikings. You know, that was the thing. Kind of got burned because he had the setback in the Green Bay, the Monday night game. So I took this hamstring thing a little bit more seriously. I had, a, I was a little bit more circumspect. He had like one practice on Friday, uh, now, but he went off. Now I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, he's fine again. But he didn't practice again today. Another Wednesday injury, Wednesday practice issue, I guess, as you were saying. Probably will probably do the uh, same regimen as last week or something close thereof. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's kind of what we're looking at. It's another nice, super soft matchup here going up against uh, Detroit. So, yeah, I'm, listen, I love having Julio Jones on seasonal rosters. And then in, in DFS, as long as he's cheaper than Calvin Ridley, I mean, it's really hard to pivot off of him, especially if you're talking about a, a cash game, like a double up or a 50-50. Right. Um, I, I might pay up for Ridley as like a quote-unquote contrarian play, but I mean, Julio is a guy that that we love, that we can trust. Dirk Cutter is is happy to have him back now uh, at full health. Matt Ryan is ecstatic about it. Oh, so it's night and day difference with Ryan. If he has Julio, he's a healthy Julio. It's a completely different offense. Yeah, um, push the chips all in. Yeah, mm. both sides of this game too, for that matter. I, I I know that Minnesota came up small last week, but I'm telling you, I'm. I, I like. I still like Stafford. I still like Galladay, and I, I. I think I like DeAndre Swift. I, it's hard to trust Matt Patricia's in terms of workload, but now they've kind of unleashed the Kraken. I think it's hard to you know go back and not give Swift that work. Well, see, and that's that's a kind of a sticking point for me right now because you know, I mean, Adrian Peterson still saw a good amount of work in that game, and then the question is, is you know, in this matchup here, will they? Will they ride the momentum with Swift, or will they simply fall back to to where they were and uh, and limit his usage like that? I'm deathly afraid in seasonal, um, especially with bye weeks and injuries in the state of the running back position. You know, Swift is a no brainer for me. I'll just I'll put him in my in my active lineup uh, and just let the chips fall where they may. For DFS purposes, I sit and I, I and I kind of just I, I worry about that because it is so hard to trust, um, you know, Daryl Bevel and uh, and Matt Patricia to, to continue to do the right thing when you still see them giving all those touches to Peterson. Right, and moreover, you know, it's just you know you don't you're not going to get them at the same cheap cheap price that you got them last week either. No, and so no, you're not. It, the trick is to find the new DeAndre Swift for this week. Yeah. Do you have an answer to that, Howard? You know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at Joshua Kelly. Okay. You know, I mean, it's 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 an interesting thing, and I, you know, I'm 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 sure that there are other people who are kind of on this. You know, it's it's almost in that same realm of of the you know the Julio versus Calvin Ridley contrarian play that you know Justin Jackson. Everybody seems to be on Justin Jackson, and they're like, "Oh, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy." But if you're Anthony Lynn and you've already got Justin Herbert there under center, don't you want to come off the bye week and really see what this kid has? Like, don't you really want to, you know, give him that confidence booster? I mean, n- n- nothing's a, a better slump buster than uh, than playing the Jags if you're right. a running back, right? right. So. If you want to, you know, reinstill confidence in this kid with the fumbles and stuff like that, don't you give him a, a bigger share of the pie than you do to Justin Jackson and kind of get him jump started for the rest of the way? Because a report came out today saying that Austin Eckler is uh, is is much later than sooner for his return. So why wouldn't you give Josh Kelly that you know that kind of extra look and and maybe hope that he works himself out of it? Good question. Good question. I'm actually been on, I'm, I'm biased on this one because I'm a Northwestern guy. So Justin Jackson, ball carrier, is like who who my uh, my guy would want to be. But and, and uh, going if you you know looking at the usage from the last game, Jackson would be the presumption. But you're right. There's there's some logic to it there. And if they do build that lead, that that's the game flow. That's the scenario you're looking for. Yeah, hundred percent. So ja- so so Kelly's probably going to be you know a, a nice little. GPP play for me this week, kind of like Swift was last week. So that's that's where I'm riding it right now. But you know, I might throw Justin Jackson because of his price tag. Also, uh, you know, into a cash lineup or two. 
Sure. Uh, and that's the thing is, they are both cheap. Jackson is actually cheaper at 4900 Kelly's and DraftKings, at least. Uh, and then uh, Kelly is 5100 Swift is 5400 None of those guys are all that expensive. But, uh, you know, options to, to turn to there. Uh, and you mentioned the Eckler news. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because he is the, the quote, later rather than sooner uh, is not, not what you want to hear. But that's the thing. Sometimes you, you saw him go down. I mean, it was immediate. It was visceral. You could tell yeah. that this was not just a run-of-the-mill hamstring injury. This was a tear. This was, I mean, not, all strains are tears. I get it. There, but this was, this was more than just a little tweak. This was pretty bad. And it was also hyperextended his knee in this. You know, we're looking probably maybe week 10. For all I know, it could be later. Who knows? Uh, you know, I, you know it, it, he's technically eligible to return in week eight, but it doesn't look like it's anywhere close to that. No, no, it doesn't. And you have to stay protected from that. I mean, listen, we're, we're seeing here, you know, Christian McCaffrey could be uh, a few more weeks off. You know, these high ankle sprains uh, and hamstring soft tissue injuries, especially if it's a severe one like Eckler, you really have to be careful of that. You know, you, I mean, you saw... Uh, you know, Raheem Mostert come back a little bit early and already he's down again. And now you have to worry about that situation. Um, so, you know, when, when you're dealing with these uh, with these guys and, and these injuries, I, I think that the teams are just better off, you know, erring on the side of caution. I mean, you know, there's no reason to rush McCaffrey back. This isn't a team that you expected to go very far or into the playoffs or anything like that. And Mike Davis is, uh, is killing it right now. So you do have to watch some of these injured guys coming back and really whether or not they're going to make the move because a lot of people keep trading for these guys. And I'm like, ah, I don't really know if I'm with that right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend, oh, as the more I do this, the more I tend to subscribe to the Scott Pianowski play, you know, bet the over on the injuries, make, you know, take the pessimistic route. You'll you'll miss out on a guy returning early every once in a while, but for the most part, you're going to be happier about it. Mm-hmm. Avoid that trouble. Why Because you're going to get other injuries, by the way. Why introduce more? Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey... Same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Speaking of... Pia now. Pia now. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, Deontay Johnson returned to have full practice today after missing last week's uh, game with a back injury. But his teammate, Juju Smith-Schuster, did not practice. Is listed as a knee... But it's usually also couched as a Veterans Day off. But I got to ask you, Howard, if you need a Veterans Day off every Wednesday, it seems like there's a little more smoke with that fire. I don't know what's going on with Juju. I mean, I, I mean, if it's the knee and if it's really been hampering him, uh, you know, a lot of the way. Well, I mean, I wish we had known more about it, right? I wish. I mean, I get it. Time of COVID and beat writers aren't as uh, as involved with the teams as they used to be, but. For crying out loud, do your job, guys. Give me some sort of information, some sort of insight into what's going on. So if Juju's being hampered by a knee issue, I want to know. I need to know what's going on here because, yeah, I think that it's uh, it's crazy. You know, we talk about a lot of these veterans who, you know, are hitting the, the age of over 30, like Marvin Jones and T.Y. Hilton and Julian Edelman, and these guys are all – falling off a cliff juju's 23 years old you gotta give me more uh explanation as to why he's not even seeing targets right now to me it feels a lot like uh the obj situation last year where you know okay he he would get those wednesday days off he'd be listed as questionable but he's gonna play you know this started in the preseason last week of the preseason with that uh sports hernia and they either misdiagnosed it or he was just strong he said i'm gonna play through it and all that and he was clearly compromised, compromised, and I feel like this is almost a similar situation. That bums me out. It bums me out for all those people I've told, you know, just hang on to Juju. I wouldn't give up on him just yet. Well, now, now, now I'm, uh, I'm ready to eat some crow. Yeah, well, I mean, you only go with the information you have, right? Uh, I have him at 37 among wide receivers this week. Hanging out with Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, and Greg Ugh. Hard. 
Ugh, oh, gross. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Jeff. It, it is gross. <laughs> you know, behind Christian Kirk and Tim Patrick. Still gross. <laughs> Where is Travis Fulgham in all of that? 34. Oh! <laughs> you know, Fulgham got his late uh, against the Ravens. Uh, there was a lot of catch-up in that one there. He, he, he struggled early on. Well, they struggled early on. The whole team did. I, I, I wonder, does James Bradbury... Focus on Fulgham, or who does he, or, or is it Greg Ward, or is it Deshaun Jackson coming back? Who does Bradbury cover? Because I'll go after the other guys. Yeah, oh, I agree with you. I think that I, I mean he's got to go after Fulgham, right? I mean he has to. I mean if that's the guy who Carson Wentz seems most comfortable with at the time, I mean I kind of feel like that's necessary. You know, I mean Djax is just a, he's a one dimensional player, so. You know, if the other corner just doesn't give him, you know, doesn't get burnt by him and you don't, you know, worry about, you know, press man coverage against him and you, you know, float a safety over there, then you can you can put Bradbury on Fulgham and just take that out of the out of the equation. Maybe it turns to Greg, Greg Ward on some shorter passing, uh, you know, across the middle. But I mean, I kind of feel like that's the uh, that's the direction they need to take. But I mean, again, it's the Giants and that's that's hot trash, too. Yeah, and you know it's it, it's 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 weird. It's weird. They don't even have Zach Ertz to shadow. I mean, you can't even throw that in there. Oh God, what a what a bum he's been. How about that? There's like a little conspiracy theory going on there that uh, Ertz has basically taken himself out of the uh, out of the equation by complaining about his contract. I mean, it, it's it's been an ongoing thing. And then he hasn't produced. I mean, it, it, it's easy to, to, to connect those dots, but you know, I he might just not be. I think he. I don't think you fake an injury. I don't think that's a good way to get paid in the off season. Uh, but it's pretty clear that this is you know, th- this is this is kind of done as far as him getting a big contract from the Eagles. Uh, but then I think that was always the case. I don't think that you know, and absent him just going crazy this year, I don't think that there is going to be this push to sign him. Uh, you know, Goddard's there for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody was asking me, you know, who's the, uh, who's the tight end you want rest of the season? Uh, Ertz or Goddard. And I'm like, you, you gotta have to lean Goddard here. Don't you? Yeah, you, you do. Um, you definitely do. Uh, got more COVID news here, Howard. I know you love this uh, just as much as I do, but, uh, <laughs> the Raiders, uh, Trent Brown is going on the COVID list. They sent the entire five, uh, five starting offensive linemen home today to do some contact tracing because they've all obviously been around Brown. It's a starting offensive line. Uh, but this is kind of a big deal. And safety Jonathan Abram also sent home. So, you know, we, you know, I was already bearish on Josh Jacobs for this week because of the matchup against the Bucks. You take away an offensive line, you know, if you take away an offensive line, the game doesn't happen. But at least doesn't happen this week. But if you know, if you take away one and the rest of it's kind of fringy, I mean, it, it, it's kind of scary. It's really scary, and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I've had to uh, to keep updated on that. Just got so tired of answering all these, you know, what if questions with COVID that I just I started a a COVID update blog um, over on Fantasy Alarm. Oh yay! That's exactly right? what you you're hoping to do. Right? Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm just I'm basically just, uh, you know, keeping every, you know, keeping tabs on the whole thing because, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, for for a number of reasons. I mean, obviously, uh, if if the game doesn't play, that's that's huge impact in the fantasy community. It's huge impact in the uh, in the betting community also. You know, I play in the in the Westgate Super Contest every year, and I have to keep tabs on on the COVID situation because it's like, all right, well. Uh, is this game going to be taken off the board? Do I not even get to look at it? Or if the game is going to be played, you know, wh- what's the status of this team? You know, it was like everybody looked at um, at the Patriots last week and they, they were terrible against Denver. And everybody's like, well, you know, two weeks, two practices, all the COVID stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. And that definitely makes sense. But then how do you explain the Titans with, you know, mm-hmm. all of their COVID issues? And, you know, it was more marquee players uh, for, for them. And it's just, yeah, I hate keeping up with this, but I'll tell you, I mean, if this game plays in these, you know, in the Raiders offensive line, let's say they lose more than Brown, they lose, you know, another guy or two. Um, 
if that game still plays, well, then, I mean, all the more reason to go against the Raiders. Right. You know, uh, I mean, we saw what happened with the Cowboys. You take away their starting stalwarts on the offensive line. Oh, but that makes me feel good because it's the Cowboys. Well, yeah, I, I get you on that. I get you. On that. <laughs> uh, I definitely have a yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, what a mess. What a mess. And you know, the Raiders have already had their bye week too. So this game, for whatever reason, you know, if this game does not happen, not for whatever reason, if for this reason doesn't happen this week. We're definitely adding a week 18. Yeah. There's no way around to. it. I, I don't think at least. And if you do that, guess what? That's one less fantasy game. Cause you're never going to, that's never going to happen. It doesn't exist in our world. It just only exists in the NFL. Very problematic, very problematic indeed. And I mean, listen, you know, we know that the NFL has that contingency. They're trying to balance it as much as possible that they don't have to go to the week 18 or even the, the week 19 plan, too, I've heard is uh, is is uh, being worked on as well. So this would be a huge bummer if the if the Raiders end up having to, to miss this one. But again, like the NFL pushing so hard for them to stay on track, right. it wouldn't surprise me if they said, well, that's what you got a practice squad for. Better get those uh, those backup linemen out there. Yeah, as long as it's not Tennessee level, and I think they're going to go. I just fear it becoming college, though, where you're getting 20 guys on a team all of a sudden, and you're seeing cancellations left and right. It's just cost of doing business if in, in college football right now. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and you also, you have to look at the location. You have to look at the – I mean, Vegas is – I mean, we, we saw uh, you know everything that was going on in Nashville – I mean, they were doing you know all sorts of t- concerts and stuff like that. People there, rallies, um, yep. no masks, and and I mean, it was just, I mean, it was just flirting with disaster. Uh, so that you you kind of expected that kind of an outbreak. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to Vegas uh, since COVID, but I can only imagine that once they opened up the floodgates, that anybody and everybody is flocking back to Vegas and uh, and not really caring about their, uh, their personal safety. I think that, you know, and I think they closed some of those gates back up, uh, but we'll see. Uh, you know, and the thing is you flock to Vegas and then you go forth and disperse. And that, that's the worst part about it too. I mean, you know, it, it, you, you take it back home to your neighborhood, uh, after you get it there in Vegas, that's the best part. Uh, all right. Happy talk, happy talk. Uh, <laughs> no matter what happens in Vegas, it doesn't stay in Vegas anymore. Yeah. Uh, that, that is true. They, they got rid of that uh, slogan for a reason. Uh, okay. We, we have, uh, we talked about this before, uh, you know, before, just before starting to record and t- news came out that the Seahawks are interested to make a, are, are positioning to make a push to sign Antonio Brown, who's eligible to be reinstated from a suspension after week eight. This is from Adam Schefter of ESPN. At first I thought it was eight weeks after he signs, but apparently he's serving that now. And he'll be eligible, uh, eligible to be reinstated. He's not guaranteed reinstatement. Uh, is, is this, you know, is this a kind of what? What are your what's your reaction to this? Ew! Strong, strong <laughs> reaction there. This, I mean, listen, it just it, it bums me out. I mean, clearly, clearly, Antonio Brown is somebody who needs to seek help. Like he needs professional help. There's no way that a, a human being acts the way he does and expects to to you know yield positive results. You can't act the way he did and then turn around and just expect that, you know, everything's going to be, you know, happy go lucky if he goes and he signs with Seattle. And and I can't imagine that, you know, Pete Carroll or anybody in Seattle is looking at it saying, I mean, can he help you on the football field? It's possible. He's been out of the game for a while, but it is still very possible that he can help your team. Um, But the question is, is do you want that headache? Do you want, like, I mean, let's say he signs with Seattle, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Metcalf and Lockett are still the one and two. And Russell Wilson is just, he's used to throwing to the guys. And all of a sudden Antonio Brown is seeing maybe like two or three targets, four targets, maybe, uh, and when he's used to the double digits and he used to he's used to being the focal point and tell me he's not going to be, you know, you know, yammering about, get, you know, getting me the ball and stuff like that. So, you know, it really I, to me, it kind of, you know, his his presence upsets the apple cart 
more, then, then it helps your team. And from a purely selfish, selfish standpoint, I've got a lot of DK Metcalf in my life this year. <laughs> I, I don't want that balance uh, knocked off by any for any reason at all. I've got and I've got Metcalf in five leagues. I do not want that changing. He's been very very good to me. He's had his buy. Let's get it on. Let, let's go back to being awesome. And don't want anything upsetting that. Did you just channel Chico Escuela? I, not a, not on purpose. Oh, that was good though. Oh, thank you. That was tight. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Uh, where do you have Metcalf rest of season? Where do I have a, you know, I mean, I, I look at Metcalf as uh, as a, as a must play top 10 fantasy wide receiver week in week out. I mean, it's just, I, I love what he brings to the table. Um, I think here's a kid who can, you know, he was physical enough to go across the middle. He's physical enough to push off of, press man coverage he's fast enough to beat coverage downfield um i've always i've always been a a big fan of him it was like metcalf and ridley are the two guys who i was just gobbling up this year as much as i possibly could because i believe in in both of them firmly so you know metcalf to me uh you know here's a guy who will see eight to ten targets a game and produce game in game out the the rapport that he's got with Russell Wilson has been fantastic. You saw last year how it kind of tilted off of Tyler Lockett that Metcalf was really more of his number one. And, uh, you know, yep. like back in the days when it was Doug Baldwin, now it's DK Metcalf. So I'm I'm all in on him. Easily a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, could probably finish out uh, the season in the top five as well. Yeah. My, I'm, our, my friend Chris Towers from CBS had an interesting sell-high thread on him last night. And you know, from in, we had Chris on the pod about maybe six weeks ago uh, talking about and, – and just he was talking about, you know, he's an interesting sell-high target. You know, he's averaging 22.5 yards per catch. I mean, it's pretty crazy. You don't, it's, it's unreal numbers. It's better than, like – P. Granny Moss numbers. So, yeah, you regress some, but regress to what is always the question. Well, that's, yeah, and and that's the thing. But you also have to look at it, you know, one of the things that I have a hard time, like in baseball, we can quote stats and we can look at numbers and and talk about, you know, regression to the mean. Uh, You know, football is so much more matchup based, you know, and so you look at Seattle's schedule, uh, you know, in the coming season. And, and, and the question I have you, I have to ask is, you know, why, why, why would you want to sell DK Metcalf when, you know, okay, Cardinals this week, Niners the week after that, then the bills. Okay. And then the Rams, then you got, you know, when you go start eking closer towards the fantasy playoffs, Cardinals, Eagles, Giants, Jets, Washington, Right. Like, I mean, he's got Washington in week 15 of the season here. Very critical week. Jets 14, Giants 13. I mean, you can't tell me that that you want to get rid of DK Metcalf uh, before any of that happens. Right. You know, it's funny. They have not played a single divisional game yet. Uh, We're in week seven of the season. And this is this week is their first divisional game, which eh, it's kind of interesting. But you know, I it's going to be uh, I I yeah I'm I'm with you. I think he's a top five wide receiver the rest of the way. I you know you take account for some variance even with some regression. I, I think that's the case. You know, but Antonio Brown signing would probably change my opinion on that because that would necessarily cut down on his targets eventually. I, I would be so upset with Seattle. I really would. What a what a lame duck move. I mean, it really is. You know, I just, ugh, ugh. That bums me out, Jeff. <laughs> Have that a take, Howard. Out. Stop equivocating. Well, you know, I like to I like to just, you know, kind of ride the fence and see which way the, the chips fall before I make a decision. But Could work. It might. Couldn't work. Could not work. You know, possible. <laughs> oh, are we goodness. underrating Arizona's defense going into Monday night? I, are they legit that strong, or is it just a case of Dalton and the Cowboys' offensive line coming up short? Strictly Dalton and the Cowboys coming up short. I mean, the offensive line was terrible. Zach Martin went down. Um, I mean, look at look at the 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 Arizona team. They also, I mean, they lost Chandler Jones. Yes. Um, and they had like three linebackers who were uh, who were banged up and not at a hundred percent as well. 
to me, this was just this was just a, a total mismatch. And you know, when you hear the rumblings that the the coaching staff and the and the players aren't gelling in in oh, Dallas, yeah. and it's a different you know it's a different way. You know, they're not being taught supposedly. But Mike McCarthy's like, you're in the NFL. You, I shouldn't be teaching you this. This is stuff you should know. These are basic things. Yeah, so, things are going swimmingly there. Think, yeah, things again uh, with Jim Bowden as my co-host on on the, the on Sirius XM. I I relish in all of this. Shane Freud going on there. Yeah, I like it. It's like oh. me mocking lists at the Giants, or him with the me him with you know, with me at the Bengals. Although that's like low hanging fruit at this point. Yeah, you, know, you and I we we really do root for sad sack franchises with the Jets and the Bengals. I mean, it's. It's tough. It's tough, and you know it going in. It's going to be tough. You're just you're looking for that reason for hope. Yeah, you know it's it's kind of funny. I'm rooting for the Jets my entire life. It's always been bad. It really has. I mean, it's it was bad in the you know in the '80s. I mean, we had the sack exchange, and that was entertaining. We made it to the AFC Championship game once that decade. But, you know, I mean, to me, I mean, at least, you know, with the Bengals, you had the Boomer Esiason years, you had the Super Bowl years. I mean, it was like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, there there was a little bit of life to you guys. You guys have Joe Burrow. You guys are building something right now. So, yeah, you, you know, the, that was a pretty big gap, by the way, from Boomer Esiason to Joe Burrow. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know, to, <laughs> as big as the gap is between uh, hopefully Trevor Lawrence and Joe Namath. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. You know the last time the Bengals won a playoff game? It's the 1990 season, 30 years ago. Now, Andy Dalton took them to seven of them, and you know, he and Marvin Lewis combined. They lost every time in the, their first playoff game. Pretty but at amazing. least you had the playoffs, Jeff. Two years least you- in some cases here, Howard. And to Bill O'Brien, which is just as bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more humiliating than anything else, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. We don't need to get into a who suffers more contest there. I usually save that with my uh, Buffalo and Cleveland friends. But, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of bad, you know, all the Rust Belt teams and, and the Jets. Um, you know, Bills, <laughs> Colts, uh, Bill, not Colts, they're, they're fine. Bills, Lions, Bengals, Browns. Ugh. Somehow Pittsburgh avoided all that. Well, I know, you know, Pittsburgh's had three coaches since 1969. Think about that for a second. Just it's a remarkable difference in continuity. I guess, Mar- you know, we complained about Marvin Lewis hanging on for so long. Can't complain about a lack of continuity in one hand and then ask for him to be fired on another. So I get it. I mean, he, he's a good man, was a good coach, and dug the Bengals out of a, a super deep trench, a Marianas trench, if you will, but couldn't finish. Couldn't finish. He just got to that one level, and that's as good as it could get. We'll see you this current regime. Uh, the verdict's still out on Zach Taylor. We know it's not out on, on Adam Gaze. It's just a question of when, right? Well, they're not going to do it in season. I've, I've talked to some people about it, and it just – the fact of the matter is, I mean, if you fire him in season, then you've what? You're, you're promoting a, a Gaze disciple, basically, as the, uh, as the interim coach, and then you're just mm-hmm. kind of flushing out the season the way it is. You don't want to bring anybody in from the outside because you're saddling them with, you know, complete trash and, and you're not giving them really, um, any kind of a fair shake. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, Jeff, what, what would be the absolute best way to send Adam Gase packing and looking for another job, but to saddle an Owen 16 season on him also, yeah. uh, to go and try and find new work after just the debacle that that his coaching tenure with the Jets has been. Yeah, I don't think you can he can make a worse case anymore. Absent like getting more people hurt like he did in the Thursday night game. I mean that that's about you know, he uh, that's about the only harm that he could do even worse is forcing her injured players to play through injuries or something like that. I mean other than that, I think he, he's there, there his reputation is sullied enough. Uh but yeah, we'll see. You'd like to think so. I don't know. I haven't looked at Michael Salfino's Twitter timeline recently. Oh yeah, um, I haven't either. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a gay truther for some inane reason. I love Michael. He, he, I do too. I, love I do Michael, too. But I yeah. Uh, sometimes yeah. And the thing is, you know, he, he's also a Mets truther too. Uh, so at least you can break rain. You know, you don't have to break bread with him there. You're not a Met. Are you? You're not a Mets guy, are you? No, no, no. no. I didn't think so. Uh, you're a Yankees guy. 
I'm a Yankees guy, yeah. although I don't really want to talk about that now either. Yanks and Jets. Usually it's Yanks and Giants, Mets and and Mets and Jets, uh, but you, you broke that somehow. Uh, fortunately, fortunately, it's probably the only good thing my dad's ever done for me yeah. was, uh, you know, because he grew up in Queens. He was a Jets fan instead of a Giants fan. And, uh, you know, when I was born, he was still, you know, he was also he was rooting for the Yankees because he was going up against his dad. He, he took the opposite turn. You know, dad was a uh, was a big Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Ah, and so that's what the, the Mets weren't even around when he was like establishing his allegiance. So he went against his dad, sided with the Yankees against the Dodgers, and then obviously then had the Jets to uh, to play around with. So sure. that's how it happened. Oh, good to know. All right. And now, you know, the whole story. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Riveting I grew up in Ohio, got me hooked on the Bengals and Reds. And, you know, he doesn't even follow the Bengals anymore. But yet somehow <laughs> I still I carry on this legacy cost somehow. How does that make sense? But here we are. All right. A uh, couple other things I want to talk about, like looking forward here. You know, you know, a couple other guys I want to ask your opinion about. How worried are you about Zeke Elliott going forward? Is he still a top three running back? Is this do these? And I don't, you know, forget the fumbles for a second. But the offensive line woes are sufficient enough for me to worry that he may not get, you know, the, those tr- you know, those huge truck-like holes to run through that he got earlier on in his career. I, I, I'm worried about him. I'm very worried about him. It's, it's a huge, huge problem. And we saw this last year, uh, you know, even in just with a little bit more of a minor situation when Tyron Smith went down and all of a sudden they weren't getting that push off the offensive line. So, yeah, I'm definitely worried about uh, Zeke. I mean, he's still an incredibly talented guy. The fumbles I'm not worried about. That's, you know, something that's, you know, easily rectifiable for him. He just needs to get out of his head. But, yeah, I just don't see that the uh, – I, I don't see this line uh, opening up those those running lanes for him. I mean, you're going to have to do a lot of outside zone running, and teams who have fast linebackers and edge rushers are going to be able to counter that uh, relatively easily. So, you know, like Zeke is a guy – Zeke is a guy, if you're in a redraft league, I'd be more than happy to try and trade off. Zeke Elliott or Aaron Jones the rest of the way? Aaron Jones. Zeke Elliott or Chris Carson the rest of the way? Ooh, I think I'd probably stick with Chris Carson. Interesting. Interesting. And, you know, Carson's catching a lot more passes this year. Yeah. That we like about that. 21 for 140 and three touchdowns. And, like, real routes at times, too, not just these little dump-off things. James Conner or Zeke Elliott the rest of the way? Ooh. I think I'd probably lean on Connor too. Yeah, so he's significantly down for you. Interesting. I, you know, you know, it's funny because I talk with Liss, and he's not quite as down yet. But we'll see. I mean, the thing is, losing Kevin Martin on Monday night changed that entire game, especially to happen in that game. Probably made it worse. But uh, I don't know. Some something to chew on there a little bit there. But I, you know, I hate to keep on harping on Dallas, but it's just when one of your, you know, mainstay. Like stacks or mainstay offenses, season long. If you build it that way, it's 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 really frustrating to kind of deal with it that way. Uh, look at wide receivers. They, you know, this is a great wide receiver week. I, I th- there's a lot. You know, after there's some weeks, you know, you're like, I love him, but he's got a really bad matchup. I don't feel that way about too many of these matchups. Uh, you know, Julio gets Detroit doesn't scare me. DK Metcalf gets Arizona. Uh, you, know, I, you know, there's a lot of these where I'm just pretty excited about. Uh, but Amari Cooper is a guy that seems to be, well, you know, forget, you know, forget Amari Cooper because we've talked enough Dallas. I'm saying, I don't want to make this a Dallas podcast. <laughs> uh, let's go instead. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, talk about Mike Evans, who got two targets against the Packers last week. Now that Chris Godwin's back, are you way down on Evans? Are you, do we think he's less than hundred percent? Where do you have Mike Evans the rest of the season? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a, a, a tough situation. Um, you know, coming into the season, yeah, we kind of expected Godwin to fill that Julian Edelman type role, but I mean, that's not really that that's not the type of football that Bruce Arians likes to play. Now I'm sure he's obviously tempered a lot of things to, to tilt towards Tom Brady, but you know, listen, I, I think that, you know, Brady to Evans, we saw worked well in the beginning and Brady is getting more used to 
you know, looking downfield. You know, when he was with the Patriots, everything was, you know, short, high percentage passes, let them get yards after the catch, uh, you know, march down the field methodically. That's not Arian's style here. And he's, you know, mixing and matching, you know, what Brady's been used to plus what he wants to do. So I think you're still going to see a, a number of shots downfield to to Mike Evans. I think once once his ankle is healthy and Godwin's there and these guys are practicing uh, in full, I think that, you know, it's it's going to be perfectly fine. I'm not down on Evans at all. You know, I mean, okay. listen, d- do guys have a bad week? Sure. But am I going to hold it against them? No. My concern is like he used to be Mr. Air Yards, and he's not this year. Even you know earlier in the year, you know he got hurt early on, and he's been playing through stuff all season long. So I think that's part of it. But I think also part of it is Brady doesn't like to throw downfield as much. I think he can. I think he the arm strength is still there, but I'm I'm not convinced that that's what he likes to do by design as often. No, because I mean, again, that's what he was used to in in New England. That was that was just it. So I think you know, I mean, it's it's a little bit of retraining himself also into to trusting to to air it out a little bit more. You've got these receivers who have these great hands, um, who have good size differentials over some of the corners. You have to kind of take those shots downfield as opposed to just trying to methodically march down the field. So. You know, a little bit of retraining for Brady. So that's why I say, you know, here in the second half of the season, as he gets more comfortable with Arian's style, um, uh, you know, I think that'll that'll kind of help the situation. All right. Very good. Uh, one last question. Uh, going to go uh, running backs again. We're going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Raheem Mostert is out, probably going to go on IR. He hasn't gone on there yet. He does have a high ankle sprain, though. Most likely will be placed on air. Who is the San Francisco running back to have? Um, I mean, right now it's got to be McKinnon, right? I mean, you have to you have to like the usage that he saw when Mostert was out before. Tevin Coleman's still not ready to come back. Um, Jeff Wilson, is, you know, I mean, the funny thing is, is you look at Wilson. He had that great first game, but, you know, McKinnon had a great game that time, too. And the game flow really just said Wilson is fine. The game after that, McKinnon had all the carries and all the touches, and and we didn't see Wilson at all. So, you know, I think as long as Jarek McKinnon is healthy and Kyle Shanahan is comfortable with him, I think that's what we're going to see the majority of. So, I mean, even when Tevin Coleman comes back, McKinnon's just a better pass catcher. He's got better speed, uh, and I think that that's just that's just something that Kyle Shanahan likes. He likes the pre-snap movement. He likes the uh, you know getting the the running backs involved in the excuse me into the passing game. I think that's uh, that's what's going to be. So for these next three weeks, while Mostert is out on IR, um, I'll load up on McKinnon, uh, and maybe depending on what the matchup is, if they've got like a super soft matchup one week. Maybe I'll look to Jeff Wilson in a DFS contest, but I'm gonna stay on the uh, on the McKinnon train. All right, very good. I, th- you know, Hasty was available. Jamichael Hasty was available in a couple of leagues where uh, you know, you know, it's, it's a pretty deep league, like fourteen team leagues. I threw a couple of shekels at him. Uh, hopefully, uh, he gets like you know, he gets some of the work, and Wilson doesn't come back. Otherwise, I'll just have to pivot to someone else. But uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, the thing is, you can't ignore the Niners running running back situation. Shanahan's such a good coach when it comes to developing a run offense that if there is someone that gets a, a good portion of the runs, it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, if 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 they, you know, because Shanahan does like to rotate the backs in, he definitely does. Um, you know, I just. You know, I I, I just I, I hesitate with a guy like Jamichael Hasty just because I don't know maybe when the public gets really on a guy then it just causes me to completely shy away from him. That contrarian impulse, I like it. I feel like that's just you know the 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 way it's really kind of been in you know in a lot of situations. You know, there's like you know there remember in, in week one Miles Sanders was out for. The Eagles and everybody was like Boston Scott, Boston Scott, Boston Scott, and he was so chalky uh, in seasonal NDFS. Uh, and what did he do? Nothing, absolutely nothing. So you know, there's a reason that Jamichael Hasty didn't make the original team, right? 
And now he's up with the team. Why? And it's strictly because of injuries. Does that make him, you know, still, does that still make him a good play? And I, and I hesitate on that. I can appreciate that. Uh, Boston Scott versus Alexander Madison. Who tell, who can tell the difference, but no, uh, Oh, come on. You know, Madison, actually, I don't want even blaming Madison for that one. He got game flowed. Uh, totally. That was cut. I mean, cousins threw three picks in what? Like the first quarter. Oh, it, it was vintage bad cousins. It was a lot like the game where Minnesota killed people in survivor uh, hosting Buffalo like two years ago. Remember Buffalo was, you know, Owen three. And some people are thinking they were special bad. And they jump on him like 17 nothing within like 12 seconds of that game. That's what that, you know, this past week seemed like again. They just have this unique talent, Minnesota does, to looking really awful. And it's mostly Cousins, but it wasn't only Cousins. The defense didn't show up either in that game. Even special teams was hideous. Yeah. Well, they don't really have a defense. That defense is trash. Yeah, they tried to revamp things on the fly, and it, didn't, it hasn't taken so far. Uh, Howard, what do you got going on uh, at Fantasy Alarm? What's, uh, what should people look for over there? Let's see. We just a ton of stuff going on over at, at Fantasy Alarm. Uh, you know, we do these uh, these daily live stream shows now every day at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we've been doing them for a little while. We're uh, we're starting to pretty things up a little bit and uh, and and you know really structure it a lot more. So you know you get you know specific times for. Uh, you know, Monday and Thursday night football previews, you get waiver wire on one day, you get DFS preview another day. Right. Um, and so those are, those are going on on a regular basis. Obviously the show at fantasy, you know, on Sirius XM, Jim Bowden and I, uh, you know, constantly six, you know, six to 8 PM Eastern. Um, and then Adam Ronis and I, we do a podcast together, the, uh, the anti up podcast, uh, and that's a that's a Monday through Friday one, so you can get that one on Spotify and iTunes. Fantastic, Howard! It's always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for joining us today, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me, man. You know I love coming back to my RotoWire roots. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anytime, my friend. Follow Howard on Twitter at RotoBuzzGuy and listen to him on SiriusXM Fantasy. All the good stuff there. Thanks again for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Coming up tomorrow, we got uh, John and Mario. T- stay tuned. Thanks for listening to RotoWire. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com